0: Okay, good. I'm glad you're sticking around for a while. She nodded. So, yeah, I'll probably, you know, see you. Yeah, you will, he said. He was holding open the curtain by then, and she turned and walked across the bar, through the bat wing doors, and then right out the bigger doors to the outside. Joey resisted the urge to jump up and click his heels. Hot damn, Emily Hawkins, right here in Big Falls. All of a sudden, Joey McIntyre was the furthest thing from board. Joey McIntyre hadn't changed a bit. That was what she'd thought when she'd walked into the tacky cowboy saloon. Hot hometown honeys dripping from him like a rich widow's jewelry. He'd always been a player. She ought to know, he'd played her like a fiddle. A willing, stupid, naive, starry-eyed fiddle. Yeah, that, until he drove the bow right through her heart. Doesn't matter. She walked up to her van and unlocked it with the key fob. As always, before she got in, she took a second to love the thing. It was glossy black with dark burgundy swooshes, and there was a very bat-signal-like logo on it, unless you looked close enough to notice it was a winged V in a white oval. White lettering followed the curve, proclaiming it the Vetmobile. She opened the door and got in, running a hand over the two-tone pleather seats that matched a paint job. Even the car seat in the back matched, you know, underneath its layer of crust, composed of goldfish crumbs and apple juice. There was no reason, she told herself, to believe he was anything but what he'd always been, a spoiled, rich, self-centered playboy who didn't have a care in the world for anybody but himself. Worse yet, he liked it that way. She imagined his face when he'd first looked at her. God, he was still just as beautiful to her as he'd always been, The tall, lanky frame, those long arms that used to wrap all the way around her and then some. And his sweet face and chocolate brown eyes and little boy lashes. God, she loved looking at that face of his. Always had. That face could charm the moon out of the sky. She started the van, flipped on the headlights, and then the heater. It was chilly tonight. And then she backed carefully out of the gaudy saloon's parking lot and headed back onto the winding, narrow road. It turned into Main Street once it hit the village. She didn't have to go that far, though, hanging a ride onto Church Street and then past the little white church with the big red doors and on up to the B&B, uh, make that boarding house, where she was staying. It was a pretty Victorian in a violet shade so subtle it seemed white at nighttime, and its elaborate trim work was decked out in pine green, minty pink, and baby blue. The sign that swung from a wrought iron holder had matching wood-trimmed edges, all scrolled like the trim on the house, and read, Peabody's Boarding House. Ida Mae Peabody's holiday decorations were far more understated than most of the others in Big Falls. She had a single white electric candle in each window and a giant wreath on the front door. Period. Emily shut off the van and hopped out. The front door swung open before she even reached it, and Ida May herself stood there, holding a cherub with burnt gold curls on her hip. But the angel quickly wriggled free and ran toward the porch steps. Emily reached them first and scooped her up before she could fall. Matilda didn't even notice her brush with disaster. You're supposed to be asleep, young lady, Emily said, closing her eyes and just inhaling the smell of Tilda's hair. The greatest smell in the known universe. I waked up, Matilda said. I'm sorry I wasn't there. I had to see someone. Was it Santa? No, honey, it wasn't Santa. Matilda pouted. But we have to find him and tell him so he'll be able to find me. And we will, I promise. Tomorrow? Tilda asked. Yes, she promised. Tomorrow. Tilda hugged Emily's neck a little tighter. I love you, Mommy. I love you too, baby.